Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Red and White Authority brought to you by Labatt Blue. I'm Daniela Bruce, and my partner is back this week. He is fully recovered, feeling healthy. Art Regner, back in action and in rare form today. Yes, I just want everyone to know the third time is not a charm with COVID. (laughs) <laughs> zero i don't think any time will ever be a charm yeah, the so, fourth the uh, fifth the sixth none of it will you know the the full 10-day quarantine was a joy yes. just an absolute joy yes art talks a lot so imagine him being quarantined for 10 days having no one to talk to not his finest hours even my cats told me to shut the bleep up yeah <laughs> <laughs> i am and not they usually surprised. don't care so I, I am not surprised by that <laughs> at all well art while you were away i know you were still paying attention to everything that's happening with the red wing so let's recap what's happened in the week since we've talked last obviously the game in carolina They finished the road trip on not a great note, but coming back against Tampa Bay on Sunday and picking up a hard-fought 2-1 win over the Lightning in regulation. And let me tell you, that was Andre Vasilevsky's first ever loss in Detroit. He was 6-0-0 in hockey town. Right. I think the last time I checked, and this was last year, I think he was 15-0 against Detroit as a career. I I want to say it was 14-2-0, his overall career before okay so that he game lost, on so, sunday well what, what which is really goes right into my point he was 14 and zero at one time yeah, probably but what no no because what happened was is that lately the red wings have been be able to beat tampa yeah a team that just you know treated them like the old rental rental mule you know they, mm-hmm. they 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 just couldn't get couldn't get by them much like you know the dallas stars now seem to have the red wings number but my point being is is that it's a confidence builder this team is getting better you know uh and i really think that what you saw is that how many times have the red wings played a really good team which tampa still is and been able to beat them two to one like never never it's not easy to do that's playoff style hockey though that's what good teams do that's a very good sign if you're the Detroit Red Wings and you're a follower of the Detroit Red Wings is the way that they're winning hockey games and you know when we have to tip our cap to Alex Lyon who really Mm -hmm. has solidified goaltending and and Reimers has come in too lately and has picked up the pace, too. As long as their goaltending holds up, the Red Wings are going to be in this playoff race the rest of the year. I love that. And I think the same thing, as long as it, it can hold up. And you're going to have the off games, like we saw against Dallas, where the defense d- just didn't look as sharp. They have one bad period, and you can't do that against teams like Dallas or really any team in the NHL. They're going to take advantage of it if you come out flat for 20 minutes. Yes. they Well, they certainly will. I mean, that second period... Yeah. Uh, was horrific. I mean, 25 goals, it, it kind of reminds me of what your shots. Or 25 shots, yeah. 25 goals would, would be, <laughs> that would be historic. We'd be having a different discussion. <laughs> that would be like, like, like Steve sold the franchise <laughs> underneath the Illiches, didn't even know about it. The Red Wings don't exist anymore. No. <laughs> <laughs> and guess what? They're going to Utah I, or whatever. Yeah, the right. I hope you like <laughs> the, the Griffins because they're playing here on Thursday against Philly. Uh, but, but, but with all that said, my point being is it kind of rem- was reminiscent for you, I would imagine. Your first road trip, wasn't that the L.A. game where yeah. they were outshot like 27 to 1 in the first oh, period? Oh, gosh, yeah. That was tougher times for the Red Wings, right. let's put it that way. But it, yeah, it was 27 to two in one yeah. period. Right. It was a, a brutal, brutal game. But yeah, it wasn't the full 60 minutes, which I guess is the bright side of that Dallas game. This team is resilient. They do come back. They they have, you can't question their effort, I guess is what I'm saying. Bad period. They come out in the third and they play much, much better 
And that's a good sign. Well, yeah, the, the resiliency that they've shown. I mean, they're one of the leaders in the NHL of teams who have third period comebacks. Yeah. And they showed it again, which I could say maybe for Red Wing teams in the past, last night's loss would have been frustrating it's because, oh, we let it get away. You know, we get, our, our second period killed us. But I think they're able to realize it and move on from mm -hmm. it. And I think that's why they are resilient. That's why they're able to come back. So the mindset here, and it's more of a veteran team this year, let's be honest. And uh, again, when you get good goaltending, uh, it gives the whole team confidence. And I, I think what we're seeing here is really a, uh, uh, a coming together of the uh, uh, of this Red Wing club where they're all on the same page. They have really, really good chemistry, which will be interesting to see what will happen come trade deadline, which is actually coming up sooner than we think. There are a few players that have been really pulling their weight for the Red Wings lately. And one of them is Daniel Sprong. Let's take a look back at that Tampa game. He scored the game-winning goal. Let's check in with Ken Cal. Pass over the line, off a skate of Comfort. Now a breakaway for Sprong. He moves in all alone. He shoots, he scores! He beat Vasilevsky on the glove side to get the Red Wings a 2-1 lead. Daniel Sprong beats Andre Vasilevsky low glove side, which is hard to do. Before we talk, Daniel, did you know, did you hear the Patrick Kane story of how Kaner told him to shoot heard low it. I've heard side. it so much, I think that I made it up. <laughs> Is it even true anymore? <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. I thought that was a dream. I mean, it really did happen. No, How many we, times did they repeat it on the broadcast yeah, I mean, for like, you? Yeah, you, know, you know, another thing that I recently found out, too, and I know I'm, I'm mixing sports, but Matthew Stafford and Clayton Kershaw were high school teammates. No way. Yeah. Really? You know, I'm just, just kidding. I totally knew that. Yeah, that no, that's no, but you, you understand. Yeah, I've yeah. heard it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, let's get back to Daniel I'm sure Sprong. Patrick Kane appreciates that, too. He does. He, Of course he likes the shout He's out. a team player. I yeah. mean, Patrick Kane has been nothing but a godsend for this team. Uh, Seriously. A lot better than I thought. Well, yes, that's obvious. And we're hoping he gets back very soon. He skated today at practice, which is a good sign. Good. Um, but Daniel Sprong. We knew he was going to come in and probably be a bottom six forward, right? But what he's been able to do, he's offensively gifted. We know that. His shot is, is a rocket. But he's also been really good defensively, which I don't know if that's something we all expected. He's a plus seven on the season right now. And on that power play goal for Alex to bring it against Dallas, if you can recall, okay? Daniel Sprong won the battle in the corner and found Alex to bring it to take the 2-1 lead at the time, which obviously that game didn't end up finishing that way but the plays he's making are really good it's amazing because in a strange sense he reminds me of Robbie Fabre yeah. offensively he does the most with his ice time and I'm not knocking Fabre here but he's better defensively than right. Robbie Fabry. he he certainly and is. I should probably add that I'm aware Daniel Sprong isn't perfect defensively and he's never going to be just because of the style player that he is. But you can tell the efforts there. He had some mishaps against Dallas, which, you know, is going to happen. But you can tell that he's thinking about it a little bit more than I would have thought he would at this point in the well, season. Well, I think what happened to him is, you know, he probably got caught up in numbers games a few times. Yeah. And so he's learned how to make the most of his opportunity and again, I have to give Steve credit because, you know, this guy scored 20 goals with Seattle mm -hmm. last year. 
And what did the Red Wings need? They needed goal scoring. And he was able, you know, and what's really interesting is, is that Seattle could have qualified him for like $750,000. I mean, it's a lot of money. I know that. But, you know, in hockey terms, it's not that yeah, much not money. not in pro sports. Right, it's exactly. Really exactly. Yeah. And they didn't. And, you know, and Steve was able to nab him. I mean, that's, uh, and if you look at it, most of the additions that Steve has added have been guys like this that have needed an opportunity. Mm -hmm. And Detroit is a beacon of opportunity just because of where the team is at in its rebuild. Although there are some young kids now, it looks like, are, are, are knocking on the door. So I think the Red Wings are in a good situation. I really do. They are. And we're going to get to our guest for today because he's also been playing well over the last stretch of games. It's Andrew Kopp and his line of him in the center, Michael Rasmussen <laughs> and Christian Fisher <laughs> on the other wing has been very, very effective. But Andrew Kopp talks about a lot of different things with us because he's a big football fan too. So here it is, Andrew Kopp, everybody. Joining us now on the Red and White Authority podcast is Red Wings forward Andrew Kopp. Andrew, art's late, so it's just me and you right now. This man has no sense of time. So when he walks in this room in about three minutes, maybe less, I need you to just fake give him as much crap as you can. can I you got do that? it. I got it. You can do that? I can do that. I've okay. learned from some guys on how to do that. So. All right, good. Perfect. But our first subject that we were going to cover with you anyway is um, not hockey related because I know you're a big football fan and this has to be the best football year of your life. Yeah, I'd say it's not really close. <laughs> not even a little Not bit. even close, no. yeah. Uh, I was, I mean, going into the season, I was telling anybody who would listen that this is going to be the best year of football in my lifetime. And, uh, it has not disappointed. That's for sure. Okay. Going back, we were in California when Michigan was playing in the Rose bowl, which was the semifinal against Alabama. Yep. I did see your face from kind of across the way when you were watching the game, you looked really, really nervous. Were you there? Oh, I was there. I had no I was, idea. Well, you probably I had, had tunnel, no I had idea. Who, yeah, you were just watching the game. You had no idea who was there. Yeah, the uh, the joke was that uh, JT was my emotional support dog that day. <laughs> <laughs> but wasn't he nervous too? Well, yeah, but I don't think he's as wrapped up in it. Um, yeah, it was. I mean, there was definitely parts of that game, especially in the second half, where I was very, very nervous. And uh, um, there was another like Michigan fan that. Uh, was like, I don't know, sitting kind of near us and he kind of kept over, coming over to me when anything good would happen and dap him up and everything. And uh, the joke was is that he was going to be in my wedding. But by the time the game <laughs> was over, that's how close we were going to get. So Did you send him that invite yet? Because <laughs> no, that no, day's coming off. No, there's, no there's no invite coming for him, unfortunately. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was that was a crazy... I usually don't like to watch games like in... I don't want to say in public, but like in like a larger atmosphere like that that like at least Michigan games. Cause I'd way rather just like watch with like my brother, a couple close yeah. buddies, fiance, obviously. So, um, I'd way rather do it like in like a little bit more controlled so I can not yell, but just like be a little bit more fired up, especially in like a situation like that. Right. You don't want to embarrass yourself in front of everybody. I don't want to say embarrassed, <laughs> but just like, especially if guy like if things weren't going good and right. DPs in my ear, like, Oh, Bama's going to win. You know roll tie and everything like that. It's like, shut up. <laughs> You know he would have been, too. Oh, yeah, no, I know, exactly. <laughs> um, and the Lions, too, which is the other half of your amazing football year. This one I can relate to. Michigan, I was rooting for them. I was. I, I was. Yeah, okay. And I told you that Bama was going to get in, and that's who they were going to play, by the way. I just, I have to go back to that. You, anyway. did, get, you did get that right. I'll yeah. give it to you. Okay. More, anyway, back to the Lions, which I can relate to this excitement. 
any Lions fan, anybody that grew up in this area has always, you have to root for the Lions. You're born a Lions fan if you're from Detroit. Oh. Oh, here we go. What time's the one o'clock uh, podcast? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Downstairs talking. Talking to who? You're supposed to be. Lions. You're supposed to be talking to Andrew <laughs> Cop right now. Hey, Andrew. How are you? What's going on? Uh, Lions. Yeah, I mean, I think. <laughs> Let him know that he missed all the Michigan. Yeah, talk, we missed, so all, the, we missed all the Michigan talk. Okay, let's go. All right, Art's here, everybody. Now to the Lions. It's incredible the run that they've been on this year. Yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, going into the year, I don't know if I expected them to be in the NFC Championship game, but they just kind of keep finding ways to win, and um, feels like they have multiple people stepping up at different times. And um, yeah, it's really awesome to see, especially just the way they do it. It's just it feels like they're doing all the right things, like no no yeah. shortcuts. Like it's um, and it's built for for a while, hopefully. So it's uh, it's awesome to see. Just being a Detroit athlete, have you built any relationships with any of the guys on the Lions? Uh, not really. Um, feel like you know we're we don't really cross paths on a daily basis. Right. Um, so no, honestly, not really. How much of it? It's interesting because you're a professional athlete yourself, right? But you're still a fan of sports. Like, yeah. where's the line? Is there a different perspective you have on being a fan now that you are actually a professional athlete too? I would, yeah, I think so. I mean, um, it's hard because it's like, I would say like my fandom is like crazier for Michigan versus the Lions, which is like weird to say as like a professional athlete. Um, I understand that. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's definitely a line, uh, but I don't want like, just cause I'm a professional athlete doesn't mean that like I can't get fired up about other things, you know? Right. So there's a... There's, it's definitely controlled. Um, like when we were at the Lions game, like, like uh, me and JT went when it was Lions versus Bears. And obviously that's like a battle between yeah. us two. And he was living with me at the time. So, yeah, you get fired up. But, like, there is, a, there is a line to it for sure. But you seem, out of all the professional athletes I covered, to be very ingrained as a fan Meaning, I mean, some guys, you know, Dylan, oh, you know, yeah, I like the teams. And, you know, he wore his, you know, $5,000 Lion sweatshirt the other day or whatever that thing was. And, you know, so I can tell he's engaged, but you actually seem to live it. I mean, I think that's the difference with you, especially with Michigan, because you're an Ann Arbor kid, I would imagine. And you are a football legend from Ann Arbor Skyline. <laughs> so, I, I mean, there, there's definitely a connection for you especially with that team? I would say that I don't live it in terms of, like, it ruins my emotions. Like, I mean, Michigan, like, I mean, there's been some crazy losses where it's like that stings, you know, but... Uh, Trouble with the snap. That, I mean, that well, one. I, that, I've, I, me and Shrooms <laughs> were staring at the TV for, like, an hour after, like, what the hell it. just happened? <laughs> we couldn't either. As yeah. Spartans, we couldn't believe Unbelievable. it either. But, you know, TJ Barrett, he definitely, that fourth down, he, yeah. he never made it. Well, He'll tell you he never made it. His name is JT. <laughs> yeah, oh, JT. His name. Yeah. I, I mix it up. All, all these initials. I think the thing about Michigan is, like, my, like, my family's parked cars at Michigan games for, like, since before I was born. So it's like every Saturday morning, like that was what I did as a kid, which, but I think like the fandom part is a lot of it's driven by like my love for football mm -hmm. in general. So it's, you know, like we're talking about 
plays like like I understand the game and like I think that's kind of how I view it a little bit more and it's um it's kind of like an escape a little bit it's like something that, like I'm in tech like I'm not a computer scientist like I don't apply my brain that way like I'm not you know an engineer I'm not any of those God, things thank God but like what do you mean? <laughs> I, 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 I'm the same way. I, I think, actually, you and I are clones of each other. I know you can't believe that. I actually can't believe I that. I actually can't believe this either. I can't believe this I, either. I, I think attitude and mindset is very, very similar. I've always got that vibe from you. I know you haven't from me, but I always have gotten it from you. I don't know you well enough to say that we're clones of each other, but um, I would just say that, like, the way that my, like, my brain works, I would say that, like, I would way like, how I apply my brain is like sports, sports. and like in all that, and um, you know, understand. Like, there was a play last game with the Lions, and it was we were, I was like JT and I were watching the play in the game, and I was like, "Oh, Jameson Williams here!" And sure enough, it's like a twenty-five yard comeback to Jameson right. Williams. And it was like I like that's like how I think about it. So it's not necessarily just fandom; it's just like how to apply. Well, that comes from also, as Art mentioned, you were a star quarterback. And I'm sure everyone has heard this story by now. Every Red Wings fan has probably heard the story of you leading Ann Arbor Skyline. You're setting records. You're, do you watch a game ever and like, like more critical of the quarterback? Because I feel like there would be. Like, I know. I don't, I don't think I'm more critical of the quarterback <laughs> because I like understand how hard it can be. Yeah. And I mean, there's a lot of times, um, you know, where you don't really know what the coach wants. Right. You know, like there's, if the coach has a, a f- this as the first read and that's like open and you throw it and read three is wide open for a touchdown, it's like, that's not really on the quarterback that's on the coach. Right. Uh, not completely, but, so I would say that I, I would, be, I'm probably defend quarterbacks more than anything else because I know how difficult it can be. So you don't DM JJ or didn't DM oh JJ God, throughout oh God, the season? No. Absolutely <laughs> not. Kidding. That's talk about the line of a professional athlete. That will never JJ. happen. But you do have Tom Brady on speed dial. Right? I do not have Tom Brady on speed dial. I wish I did. I'd be using that more for golfing and doing other things besides, besides just uh, you, you've accomplished football. a lot as an athlete, but I would imagine still your number one greatest highlight has to be crushing Ann Arbor pioneer on the football field. We right? lost the game. You lost the game where you yeah. threw for 572 yards? Seven touchdowns? 557, seven touchdowns. We and lost you the lost? Game. The running back was Drake Johnson, who played uh, at Michigan. Oh, and he had six touchdowns and like 400-some yards. You've got to be kidding me. Yeah, we lost 50, 52 to 49. Indiv- I know you're not an individual. You're a team guy. But individually, that has to be – got to be pretty proud of that performance. Yeah, I mean, I think NHL is better than high school football. Just barely, though. So I would say my greatest accomplishment is not that. <laughs> Unfortunately, I wish the- it was. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I w- <laughs> we're we're going to talk hockey, I promise. But one more. This is kind of a hockey question, too. Okay. Because you, at the time that you were a quarterback, also playing for USA Hockey, and most of the time you're not allowed to do that, right? Like USA no, Hockey doesn't no. let you play two sports. Yeah. What happened there, and why did they kind of grant you that exception to play high school football as well? Uh, kind of a long story. I'll give Ryan Rizmierski, who actually used to scout for Detroit, um, he scouts for Anaheim now, uh, his due here because he, he was the one who let me do it. Um, my age group, I did not make the U.S. team initially. Mm-hmm. Um, they had an injury in the summer, a guy towards Achilles, which basically is like a six-month injury, and at least – and so I got offered to make the team 
probably like a couple of days before like the USA season started. Football had already started and Skyline was a new high school at the time. So our varsity team was like we were just juniors, like it was junior sophomores and freshmen. And I was obviously the quarterback and captain. And since football had already started, like I felt like I couldn't quit football right. at that time, even though it was like my dream to play for USA. So I was playing major major. And then uh, I played one weekend with the older USA team while the younger one was at. So my age group was at U17 Challenge. I played with the under 18s in a weekend. They had a bunch of injuries. We went to Fargo and then we played North Dakota. So I played North Dakota, who was the number one team in the country when I was 16 years old. Goodness. And I took the opening draw against like <laughs> Brad Malone, I think. He's like 6'2", 220, and I was like not 6'2", 220. I was not prepared for that. <laughs> but I played really well in those two games, and they basically offered me kind of like a swing spot a little bit um, for the rest of the season and next year and said I could play football. So it kind of ended up being like I was like the extra guy because I was local. Um, they allowed me to play football, hopefully – like them hoping that there wouldn't be injuries. And then when inevitably someone did get hurt, I would kind of fill in, whether it was mm -hmm. with the older team or the younger team. I was really not guaranteed anything. And then uh, my senior year, I broke my collarbone senior night. Didn't play a game until January 1st. Uh, actually got moved to the younger team because they had a player get kicked off. And it was just like I was coming back from injury. So it was, that's what the deal was. And that's how uh, I ended up being very close with JT because he was on that younger yeah. team. Uh, Tyler Mott as well were two guys that I was uh, very close with, not only there, but at Michigan. And uh, yeah, then ended up playing really well. Got called back up for my team to go to U18 Worlds, One Worlds, and then walked on to Michigan. I have a Michigan hockey question for you. And then I know we want to concentrate on the Red Wings. And But I'm going to read a list of players that you played with at Michigan in your three-year career. You're you going to kill me. Alternate kill captain. Me. <laughs> you were alternate captain. As a uh, as a sophomore, you almost Luke Glendening did if you would have gotten a letter as a you know as, as a freshman. But Glendening didn't get a letter as a freshman. Oh no, he was cap he was alternate for two years and then captain his senior year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, Thank you for correcting. No him. one gets a letter as a yeah. freshman, <laughs> especially with Red. I'm sure he probably wouldn't do that. Although he did see something in Glendening. I mean, Glendening was a preferred walk on. You were actually offered a scholarship. Was but, I? Yeah. Was I? Yes. Are you sure about that? I got that? offered a half ride for one year, and then did that was a really? walk on the rest of the time, yeah. Wow, I'll tell you what. I mean, I did extensive research, and it is not accurate on We're not you. clones, are we? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Andrew would well, have done all his right, research. But listen, to, listen to this roster that you played with at U of M, and this is my only Michigan hockey question. And these guys are still in the league. Jacob Truba, Phil DiGiuseppe, who is remarkable that he's still playing. Nothing against Phil. Uh, John Merrill, Zach Hyman, J.T. Comfort, Tyler Mott, Dylan Larkin, and Zach Rowenski. Why can't say, it was Hyman in there? Zach Hyman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He yeah, was yeah, definitely in there. there. Yeah. Okay. Why can't Michigan win a national championship in hockey? <laughs> it's loaded. Apparently, what'd you say? I was assistant co assistant captain as a sophomore and captain as a junior. Yes. Poor leadership, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> really, they can't I find mean, good captains. But, but, but that goes back to it's the NCAA tournament, right? It's single elimination. Well, how about the craziest part of that is none of those teams made the tournament. You know, uh, you know what? I make the tournament all three years. Right. That's that exactly because Michigan had a down year. But my my point being is is that winning a national championship in hockey is very difficult because it's single elimination and there's only 16 teams. Yeah, I wouldn't even know because I wasn't one of those 16 teams. Well, you know what? You know what uh, 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 Brendan Morrison said when he won the Hobie Baker? Yeah. You know, that team, 
I think they averaged over seven goals a game. I mean, they were just an offensive powerhouse. That sometimes the best team doesn't always win. Do you find that being in the Stanley Cup playoffs like you've been, is that usually the case, that sometimes the best team doesn't win just because of the nature of, especially the Stanley Cup playoffs where you have, you know, it's a series, best three out of four, goalie gets hot, all the factors that are involved in it? Um, I would say at the end of the day, usually the most deserving team wins. Um, it's not always the best. Uh I would say my Winnipeg team that went to the Western Conference Final that, that lost to Vegas. I mean, that if you go talk about looking back at rosters, that roster is crazy loaded. Right. Um, so it's not always the best team. It's usually the most deserving team. And, um, yeah, I think that's – it's uh, those playoff series are so fun. They're so uh, so intense. Every play matters. Um, especially like my, you know, when I went to the conference final with New York, like two game sevens in a row winning one on the road in Carolina where they hadn't lost a home game in the two series. Like it's, there's nothing like playoff hockey. So, um, yeah, it's, it's the most deserving team. And you're trying to bring playoff hockey back to Detroit right now. And this team is really in the mix of things as we approach the all-star break just what do you see in this team that you think could make them a playoff team that could make you guys there at the end? Um, I think we're starting to figure out our team defense a little bit. Uh, last night, not included. Um, I feel like we've started to figure out how we're going to need to win games. Um, we kind of are getting contributions from all over the lineup, especially 5-on-5. It's been pretty spread across, which is which is important, especially come playoff time. Um, everyone's going to be needing to contribute. Uh, special teams have been pretty good. Uh, power play, obviously, three big ones last night. Um, PK has been humming, humming along pretty good. So um, a lot of times it's it's a hot goaltender. It's it's faith and trust in each other. Um, it's understanding our game and how we have to be successful. And then it's a lot of the time it's belief. You know, I think, you know, talking about experience a little bit, like, we were down three one to Pittsburgh. We were down by two goals, both in in game five, game six, and game seven against Pitt, and we won all three to come back and win the series. And that's like the belief in the room that we're gonna be able to come back. And I think we are tied for the most comeback wins this season. And um, those those are important. Looking at this team, it's been a very odd year. And I think it's an odd year because of the Sweden trip, and I'll tell you why. Because this schedule is is incredible. I mean, it seems to be an every-other-day proposition for you fellas, but Derek Lalone said that what turned January around was you finally had practice time. And, you know, a fan's perception is, yeah, these guys are – they're playing a kid's game practice time. Yeah, sure. You know, they go back to the old Allen Iverson quote, practice? You're talking about practice. But how important is practice for a team to develop chemistry and to come together? I don't think it's practice, um, <laughs> to be quite honest with you. Uh, here we went to the conference. Fi- like, I mean, I had an injury in the New York. I didn't practice for two and a half months, you know, in, in the playoffs. Uh, I think what hurt us in December specifically was partly the travel. It was like after we played, I don't know, 
it was like 17 games in 30 days or something like that. And then there was a flight after every game. So it wasn't like we were home for a week and then we were on the road for a week. It was like, it was home road, home road, home road, which I think was like really the difficult part. And then combined with that, we lost JT for five, Larks for six, Perron got suspended. So I think it, we kind of got hit with a perfect storm a little bit. Um, I've done the, the Global Series trip and it does condense the schedule. But I mean, right now we're even with games with everybody else. So everyone kind of has their spurts in the schedule. Um, we already had ours, which is nice. A lot of teams get their spurt of travel and difficulty um, come February and March. So we, we had our difficult part. Um, so I don't think the schedule is, is um, has to do with it. I think it's going to be uh, just a matter of if we can stay consistent down the stretch. Okay, you get one more from each of us. And my last one has to be about the chemistry that you, Michael Rasmussen, and Christian Fisher have built in the most recent stretch here, especially in the new year. What do you like about the three of you together? What works so well? <clears throat> I think that uh, I think that everyone is willing to contribute in every way. I think that, you know, when it's your turn to be F1 on the forecheck, you're F1 and you're doing it well. When it's your turn to be F2 and read the play and anticipate we're doing that well. We're um, playing solid defensively. There hasn't been any big breakdowns. Um, we've been consistent there. And then, you know, when it's you know when it's a guy's turn to be high and in the slot for the shot, they're going to the slot. When it's a guy's turn to go to the net front, they're going to the net front. You know, it's not um, well. I do this or this guy does this. It's we're all kind of like mm -hmm. we're all kind of taking turns. And um, when it's, you're supposed to go, you go. So. I think that's been the biggest thing, and um, we're playing, we're playing a, a brand of hockey that is uh, is <clears throat> what happens in the playoffs. You know, yeah. I think we're we're forechecking well, we're being physical, we're winning battles, and then we're we're making plays when we get the puck. So, um, yeah, it's been good. I've, I've really enjoyed um, our time together so far, and hopefully, it continues. This is uh, my final question for you, but I first want to ask a very small <laughs> add to. Daniela's Michael Rasmussen, who I've known from the day he was drafted, uh, the most serious human being you've ever met. No, to us maybe. That's what I've so, always said. It, that. So it's a I facade. Feel... It's a facade. It's not he's... a facade. No, mm -hmm. he is a serious human being, but he's not the most serious human being I've ever met. Who is the most serious <laughs> human being you've ever met? Um, well, serious just on like a day to day basis, or serious about hockey. Serious as a person, yes, a day-to-day -day basis. Like whether they're talking hockey or they're talking what they want for lunch, they're very serious about it. Uh, I mean, he's definitely up there. <laughs> um, but I don't like he's, he's not like uh, he's not uptight though. I would say no, he's no. no he, I, I've known him very, very well. I, I love Michael. I really do. Yeah, yeah I know his family. I, I mean, I really, really like Michael Rasmussen a lot. But he's very serious. Maybe too much. No, well, that he knows that him you, too much. No, that he likes no, him. Too I call much. him Plum. I call him, his nickname is Plum. I I, I don't think people you don't know need that. to tell him that story. Y yeah, you don't need to. I promise. It's a really call him Plum, and he'll you'll endear yourself to him. Okay. Uh, okay. Final question, and I don't think this has been brought up, and this is this is outstanding research based on my degree from the University of Michigan. Well, your research so far has been wrong. I know, so I'm really, really excited. To I, hear I, this. I'm a little bit embarrassed by this, but. You're one goal away from 100 in your NHL career. Yeah. Does it mean anything to you? Or, you know, when, you, when young Andrew Kopp is growing up in Ann Arbor parking cars on football Saturdays, are you dreaming of the NHL and being, getting at least 100 goals? I mean, your goals are, are you surprised by 
you're on the cusp of, which really is a pretty, pretty good milestone. Um, I don't really think of it that way, I guess. Uh, I think there's time for reflection. I don't think the time for reflection is right now. Um, I just hope the next 100 comes faster than the first 100. Oh, boy. Kind of what Jimmy Howard said when he got the 200 career victories. It should have happened sooner. Uh, but let me ask you then. I, I would assume then, since you're so unassuming, you're not even going to take the puck, right? You, you don't want that one. Well, that's not puck. true. My, 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 my dad put a lot of hours into coaching <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. My mom t- put in a lot of hours driving me around and being there. So uh, they'll, so take, they'll the take the puck. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Will you take a picture with it? Andrew and Stacy will not. make you. Huh? A, Andrew and Stacy might make you take a picture. Uh, yeah. With the two I'm guys usually pretty good at telling them no. I'm pretty good at telling them no. Let me tell you, they know. <laughs> Social media, not my thing. <laughs> no, not at all. But that's okay. You're a great podcaster, for the record. You could do this. So you have personality. Yeah. Oh, you said it like it's a surprise. <laughs> well, it is. What little. do you mean it's a surprise? Well, you know, I mean, because you're very serious. Well, th- you have wait, a very hey, if, if, we're, if we're clones, you're saying you don't have a personality. Well, I do have a personality. No, see, th- you know. I'm, tra- I'm trapping you right no, now. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. But no, that's good, because that's exactly what I would do. That's why. Challenge. So you're endearing yourself to me. But but seriously, you seem, you have game face or gruff face. Like if you were a Michigan oh, yeah, State. I have, I have, oh, yeah, I have a resting bitch face for sure. <laughs> Yeah, you're not the first person Major to tell me that. RBF. You know, like, it's like, wow, man, cop doesn't look like in a good mood. But then if you go up to him and you talk to, to you, uh, you seem very normal, very, you know, very accommodating. <laughs> I don't like I don't like the word normal. I don't, very, I don't like being normal. Well, you're gregarious. You know, you, Would like, you, you rather seem be like weird. a fun-loving person. Uh, unique. unique. So <laughs> is this gruff face that you have, this exterior, is that just a facade? I wouldn't say it's a facade. I would say in general... I'll, I, I walk just, around just pissed off at everybody, but <laughs> no, no. At the, I mean, like at the rink, I'm serious and like in game, definitely very serious um, and intense. But I would say that as soon as like that's over, I would say I'm very like lighthearted. And like, I would say that as soon as I walk in the door at home, the dog's there. Oh, then the, I'm dog's the, the dog is the go. soul crusher. The <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, it's the soft spot. <laughs> I never thought that you would ever describe yourself as lighthearted. Uh, away from the rink, yeah. Light, that's a great. That's it, a good word. Or, at the rink, not even, not a little bit. We've done this again. We've kept Andrew for too long. Yeah, I'm sorry. He's at, we're still at the rink. He's yeah, in serious mode. Yeah, he's in serious mode. I gotta get the treatment. All right, Alex Lyon missed the whole meeting. He claims he missed a whole meeting. I think yeah. he was lying to us because we would have gotten in trouble if he missed a whole meeting. Well, he would have gotten in trouble, and I didn't notice it. So yeah. we got some. We got <laughs> we got the police on that in yeah. terms of being late for meetings and whatnot. <laughs> Alex, right. Yeah, it's tough to get Alex's like facial expressions in a podcast though, because those are usually what pays the bills for him. Yeah, uh, he was great though. I, yeah, it was really good. Yeah, he was not as good as you. We always ask him like if he's if he's obviously he went to Yale. Yeah. Is he smart compared to your average Yale student? He's like, no, I'm so dumb. He thinks he's smart. He's smarter than like everyone here, though. I feel like, like I felt like he was smarter than what's, me when I was talking to him. What's that supposed to mean? He's smarter than the people that went to Michigan, is what I was getting at. I well, I didn't so. graduate from and Michigan. He's definitely so. smarter than the people that went well, to Michigan State. I actually graduated I from Michigan, but I will say this: that he did sort of admit in a roundabout way that he has to dumb it down for some of his teammates. Well, there's, I mean, there's. <laughs> Even at Michigan, we had some bulbs that just didn't shine as bright. <laughs> Not everyone's bulb can shine that bright, okay? No. Yeah. Well, we will let you go now. Thank you so much Thanks, for taking Andrew. the time to Thanks, join yes. us. That's a lot. Appreciate it. Andrew Kopp and his RBF. I don't know if you've ever approached Andrew Kopp, but at least he knows he has 
a nice mean mug on him pretty much all the time. <laughs> right. He, he doesn't look like a very inviting personality when you see him that oh this is a, he approachable i guess is the word yeah, for it but he really but is. He is yeah he's he really, so really approachable is. yeah <laughs> it's very it's very <laughs> odd but I, I am sure that it works out to his advantage i think he probably likes it it means yes. less people are approaching him. right exactly oh wait look at that guy man he's got a scowl on his face whoa but I think, and we didn't even get to get all the way into this, but the fact that he was a two-sport athlete and how much he really likes football, I love that about him. Just the fact that I, I think he would have loved to play college football if he could or, you know, at least done both because I know hockey was number one for him. But he has a love for football that I still admire because I think we share that love for football, especially for you and, and the Wolverines. Right. And, and I do think a lot of it has to do with the fact is, is that, and I think he explained it really, really well, he's able to separate professional athlete from fan. And I think that a lot of professional athletes, and maybe it's because they get jaded by their sport because yeah. it's a business or something, they're not as big a sports fans as they once were. He seems to be still yeah. a pretty big sports fan, which is kind of refreshing. I'm not saying that, th that other athletes are disingenuous when they're talking sports. And there are certain guys who love, uh, yeah. you know, love their teams, but, but you can tell that he, he is a big sports fan. He's a very big sports fan and a very big Michigan fan. And I can relate to him. Michigan winning a national championship in football is, I still can't believe it. On record that he does not DM JJ McCarthy. I did it. No, yeah. but he, he said, that's the line. He said, see, there's a line when you're a professional athlete. That's the line. <laughs> but, 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 but he has no qualms about trying to get hold of Tom Brady. It no, seems I, like. I mean, JJ McCarthy is great, but I don't think he's Tom Brady level yet. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll cross the line for Tom. <laughs> just maybe, just maybe. All right. We're going to get to our two minute minor segment right now. And it's more of a five minute major this time because oh, it's with no. Alex Lyon oh, gosh. and I couldn't shut him up. Ugh. I couldn't shut him up we talked about the oscars that's why movies. i was late i know he, he talks he talks a lot yes. so here he is Daniela Bruce here with Two Minute Minor joining me, Red Wings goaltender Alex Lyon. And today we're going to discuss movies because the Oscar nominations just came out for 2024. Give me your initial thoughts on all the, the Oscar nominations. Yeah, I thought uh, it's Alex Lyon here, by the way. Uh, Didn't I say that? Well, you introduced yourself, but I just thought I'd introduce myself. Uh, yeah, a lot of good crop of movies this year. Uh, uh, really impressed with uh, all the nominations. And uh, I just thought the actors... You know, through a troubling time with the you know uh, the writer strike, uh, they did a really good job uh, grinding through, and uh, uh, just really impressed all around with the presentation this year. I thought they did a really good job. Okay, did you see Barbie or Oppenheimer? Because those two are up for some big awards. Oh yeah, I saw them both. Uh, good movies. Uh, Oppenheimer, you know, obviously crazy, uh, you know, action and a lot of talking. But Barbie, uh, you know. Uh, you know, it's a really good movie. I actually think that that was kind of like a, you know, socio, uh, whatever, pop culture phenomenon this year. And so uh, credit to the entire world for coming together behind, uh, you know, a 90s childhood toy. That's a very good point. 90s childhood toy. It was a great one, too. And the best one. Most iconic, probably, of all time. Be honest. Did you have a Barbie or a Ken doll? Um, well, I had a sister, an older sister growing up. So I was well, I never did. No, no. <laughs> okay, that's fair enough. Now, just to wrap it up, give me your favorite actor or actress or both. Oh, man. My favorite actor. <laughs> this is tough. 
this is tough. I mean, if I'm being honest, like actual, like actual factual. Uh, I mean, you can't go wrong with like Leo, obviously, just bangers. Uh, Steven, you know, uh, Martin Scorsese, love all of his movies. Like, I'm always dying to watch Martin Scorsese movies. Um, I'm trying to think of a funnier answer that I could give you, but um, I was actually thought that this was an interesting story that. Uh, the, did you know that the original cast for Barbie was not Margot Robbie, it was Amy Schumer? She was originally cast for the role, and something happened, it fell through, and so and then Margot Robbie played it. I actually never saw the movie in full uh, transparency, but... I, I thought you just told us you did. I just lied about everything I said in the interview, but uh, <laughs> I do think it's pretty cool, because she. I think she did a great job, and I think that she was like a perfect fit for it but and, and Amy Schumer obviously a very talented actress yeah. comedian in her own right but I think uh, it's crazy how things like that work out I was just gonna say no knock on Amy Schumer at all but I feel like Margot Robbie has to be the perfect fit for a Barbie character well, right I, I, well you see it you see the, like yeah. I mean I never saw it I just see all the entrails of it but uh, uh, you, it would be interesting like to think about Amy Schumer in that role I think for sure like 30-40% of the world wore pink like yeah. and went to the movies like that's it's hard to get like more than like five percent of the world to do anything together. So like for that to happen in twenty twenty three is is pretty dang impressive to me. Okay, since you lied to us and didn't watch any of the movies, did you watch any movies this year? I haven't watched a single movie this year. I've only been focused on hockey. Uh, it, my life is about winning and losing and getting the Red Wings to the playoffs, and that's the only thing I care about. What about like Miracle? Um, I think I saw a trailer for it one time, but. <laughs> No, I've just been focused on hockey. What, that came out in like 2003 or so, something like that? Yeah, 2000? So, yeah. Yeah, so ever since then, I've just been grinding. Okay, good. <laughs> Thank you, Alex. I appreciate your time. You're welcome. I know that most of this interview won't be used. Oh, no, I'm using the whole thing. Um, have a good spring, Red Wings fans. <laughs> <laughs> this has been now about five-minute major with Alex instead of two-minute minor. But Red Wings goaltender Alex Lyon, everybody. We expect no less. See, I didn't even know how to react to that interview art while I was doing it because he goes on this spiel of how he loved the movies. He loved Oppenheimer. He loved Barbie. He talks about them. And then he proceeds to tell me he never watched either of the movies. So, yeah, there's Alex Lyon for you, everyone. Alex Lyon is always playing the game of life in his own head. I know. He loves it. He, <laughs> he loves, loves it. He loves just being Alex Lyon and seeing what he can do and cannot do or how far he can push the envelope. And you know what? I kind of admire that because I think that's why at the age in his early 30s, he is uh, actually living out his dream of playing in the NHL. And perhaps the best answer of all in, in throughout that interview is he tells me he never watched the movies. And then I say, okay, what movies have you watched this year? And he says, I'm only focused on hockey. I just watch hockey all the time. I'm hockey only. And I'm, okay, Alex, keep it up. Keep it up. So he, he watches a lot of, what what was the Rob Lowe movie, which I think is Rob horrible. Lowe. Young Bloods, have you ever seen that? No, it's a hockey I movie. I, <laughs> it's horrible. No. It's absolutely horrible. Well, I'm sure Alex Lyon, that would be his favorite No, I think his film. point is he doesn't watch movies, period. He only just focuses on hockey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which I find hard to believe. I don't believe, believe him. Yeah, really. I don't believe him for I, a second. I, yeah, I don't, you know, I, I'm sure he's, you know, <laughs> he's probably going to go home and throw in, you know, he probably binges on whatever the hottest thing is right if now. If he keeps playing well, he can tell, he can answer whatever he wants. I, uh, if he keeps playing like he's playing, I'd, I'll I take would whatever answer. that Alex Lyon is a big Discovery ID fan. That could be. 
You know, he, he probably sits there and tries to solve History the History channel, maybe? He tries to solve all the murder cases, <laughs> which is usually the spouse for insurance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right, let's wrap this up, Art, by taking a look at the end of the week for the Red Wings. And really, we'll go into next week, too, because we're leading into the All-Star break now. So a game against Philadelphia on Thursday night. A game against the Vegas Golden Knights, who are very injured right now. They have a lot going on in Vegas. Right. But they saw, still uh, yeah, seem to they're, put it together. It's Vegas. And right. so th they've been good since their inception, inception into yeah. the league, right? right? So it's a tough matchup on Saturday night. And then next Wednesday, it's the Ottawa Senators, the 31st at Little Caesars Arena. I've, I've had that one circled on my calendar since the last Ottawa game. Well, you know, certainly I think everybody thought if there were going to be two surprise teams in the Atlantic Division this year, it was going to be Buffalo, who was a real sexy pick. And Ottawa with Detroit, well, what's Detroit going to do? But, you know, they're better than Montreal. Well, lo and behold, the Red Wings have been probably the surprise in the Atlantic mm -hmm. Division. They've really been able to hold their own. And I think when they had the swoon in December, everybody figured, well, here here goes Detroit. Yeah, almost and like a tailspin. But yeah, there, there they go. Mm -hmm. They're not going to pull themselves right. out of it. So I think that game against Ottawa on Wednesday is going to be absolutely huge uh, just because maybe they can just – shut the door on Ottawa, you know, give them what Ottawa did to them last year. Maybe Detroit can do that this year uh, in that game Wednesday. I think the real key game, though, is obviously the Philadelphia game. Yeah. Philadelphia game, you know, we don't know about this Carter-Hart thing, you know, let, you, let due process take its course, but you have to think, is that going to affect this team, what it's going to do? Torts is a veteran coach, so I think you'll have them ready to play, but that's an absolutely huge game. That's a mm -hmm. team, if there's been a bigger surprise in the Eastern Conference this year than the Red Wings. It has been the Philadelphia Flyers. and But again, the Red Wings can make a statement on Thursday against the Flyers, whom it's weird. It's always been a weird series by them. Detroit does not play well in Philly, and Philly usually doesn't play well in Detroit. So this is a big opportunity Thursday for the Red Wings. Well, there's a lot going on, like you said, with off-ice situations in Philly, but losing your starting goaltender, a really good starting goaltender, is never a good thing Who's for revived team, right? himself yeah, this year. Yeah, he was good this year. Right. And... The other thing is that they've lost three straight. They have dropped three straight games, the Flyers. So they're going to come in not very happy, which the Red Wings just have to be up for this game. And they have to be up for every game. We talk about this on every podcast. Two points every game is so important right now with the way the Atlantic Division, the Eastern Conference, the wild card race, all of it is playing out. Well, there's no let up. There's no margin for error. The second period against Dallas proved that. Right. That's, it yeah. proved it. You know, they cannot let up for a second. So if there is... You know, a silver lining to that second period against uh, the uh, against the Stars on uh, on Tuesday night it was the fact that they came out, want, not only won the third period, were on the you know actually tied the game up for like a real. I mean, it was offsides, but you know it could have been they could have at least gotten a point out of that game. So that's encouraging, but also it had to be that second period just had to ram home it for the Red Wings is that. We just can't let up. We cannot let up. We have to play a 200-foot game, each and every one of us. We have to be committed defensively, and you know we have to limit our turnovers, mm -hmm. and we have to get the puck out of our own end because if we don't, uh, it's going to be trouble. Well, a big week coming up for the Red Wings as they look ahead to the All-Star break, and that'll be a big one for them, a little bit of rest time after such a grueling schedule for the month of January. It really didn't let up. You know, You talk about the December schedule being hard. January was tough, too. Well, they had long road trips, yeah. and they had, you know, every other day. And I know they had some days off. And you know, this is the thing that uh, is is interesting is that each coach 
has a different way of they approach off days. Mm-hmm. And it really thinks that, uh, uh, that Derek Lalone is really in tune, and I don't know if it's because of the captains or the veterans on this team, with when to give these, this team a day off and when not to give this team a day off. So uh, I, I think that everything, again, as I said, I know my theme, I guess, today during today's podcast has been uh, chemistry or togetherness. And I do think that this team is actually bonded and bonded very well from the coach all the way down. I agree with that. And with that wonderful statement, we will wrap this week's episode of the Red and White Authority. Happy birthday, Daniela. Oh, thank you. I forgot it was my birthday for a second. Did you? Usually I'm really enthusiastic about my birthdays. And I even more so enthusiastic, but I haven't been outwardly showing it this year. And I don't know if it's because I'm 30 and I need to be more mature now. Okay. Maybe, right? Well, because I'm not scared. So like you don't the have a birthday I'm, week then, right? I've, I've used to. I used to have the whole oh month gosh. of January. <laughs> <laughs> birthday month. Wow. No, seriously. It was like New Year's Eve. <laughs> Daniela's birthday. That was like the, the calendar, right? Really? Yeah. Well, well, I'm glad to see you have matured. So now a little I'm bit. maturing, right? Yes, yes, Thirty means a... I get a day. That's it. Anything special planned? Do you have a, like a special birthday meal or anything? No, we're just gonna order some pizza tonight. Hang out with a few friends. Yeah, I, I, I make I make my birthday meal myself uh, because people refuse to make it for me. You could just order it from a restaurant. No, oh no, no, no. I I make it. I make I make it myself. I, I don't know what it's called because, as you know, uh, my mother. Oh, I know this meal. <laughs> yes, go. <laughs> my, let everyone my mother know, was very literal because English was not her first language, so she used to call it hot dogs, cheese, and bacon, which was slitting a hot dog, putting American cheese over it, and wrapping it up in bacon and baking it. Now, it sounds disgusting. No, I know it doesn't, it does. though. It's delicious. Yeah, it it's doesn't sound that bad. It's absolutely delicious. I don't know. I guess Lots there's... Of pork, diff- though. Lots of... Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, you, yeah, the, you know I mean, it it's... Beef, it's I don't, well, hot dog is pork, right? Or supposedly. Uh, well, hot dog, yeah. Hot dog is... You know, <laughs> supposedly. It's, it's mystery meat. Let's be honest. Who knows? But it tastes good. <laughs> and so so I always make that. And, uh, you know, I, I eat those every year on Maybe my Maybe I'll make one tonight. They're really good. They're really Maybe good. I, you know, I actually have the last batch on my birthday turned out so well. I have pictures of it. I'll show you. Perfect. I, I'm going to okay. need directions on how to do this too. Yeah. I mean, hey, I'll, you know, next year, because I know you have plans for tonight. Next year, you'll be married, I think, right? Not yet. It'll close? be, I'll be very close. I will make you yeah. your birthday meal. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate okay. that. It, it, we, I, you know what it's going to be hot dog, cheese, and bacon. That, yeah. That's good. I'm, yeah. I'm into that. I like that a lot. Okay. okay. Well, now we'll really wrap. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to another episode of the Red and White Authority brought to you by Labatt Blue. See you next Mm, week. Delicious. Frothy.